When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Seminole Softball Rap Podcast. I'm calling it the fastest growing softball podcast in the <laughs> history of softball podcasts. I think I'm allowed to say that because I'm also going to say that it's totally made up. But I feel like, you know, when you have one, you know, zero to wherever we ended up last week, it seemed pretty popular. I thought people really liked it. Good. That's great to hear. Yeah, lots of lots of fun comments and people were like, oh, thank God. So uh, <laughs> we'll keep it going every other week. That's the plan. And I think we kind of laid this out pretty perfectly. I'm Brian Pellerin. She's Gwen Rhodes. I don't know if I can call her the the uh, like the miss the know-it-all of FSU softball. I don't know what the title is. We'll work on it and workshop <laughs> it. But, uh, you know, she's she's kind of covering it all. I saw they called Prince uh, the king of FSU women's sports this week. So yeah, <laughs> we've got to we got to go grab Prince for one of the episodes coming up too. But um, we got uh, a pretty eventful two weeks of FSU softball to talk about. And you're actually in, in your hotel in Stillwater, or they just wrapped up a series against Oklahoma State. Um, I think we can probably, well, I won't start there. I'll take us to the other weekend um, before we get there. So we'll run through that. And then we'll look around at anything that caught Gwen's eye across the country. And then I took some of your questions that you guys post to Gwen or just into the, the, the void of the internet and typed them up and I'll... Funnel those that way in a new segment. Okay, Gwen. It's also her Twitter handle at Okay Gwen. You want to spell that? Has it got like two A's or two Y's or? Uh, it's just O K A Y G W Y N. There you go. So it's basic spellings. Uh, but you can fire off your questions there in case they come up, or drop them in the comments here, and we'll tackle them. Or any of the game threads, we'll uh, we'll try and come up with a better organized system besides me just pouring through a couple of recent game threads. But I feel like we got some good questions for you. So we'll actually start. Uh, I guess with last weekend, when we talked two weeks ago, we said the week last weekend was an important one for them to just kind of find their groove and really just kind of punish some teams. And they really did. Four run rule, run rule wins, uh, 8-0 and 9-1 Friday, 4-0, 13-2 on Saturday, and then 9-1 with a combined no-hitter on Sunday. Uh, anything really catch your eye in there besides just, no, they did what we hoped they would do? Yeah, I think – the past couple weeks and last weekend, especially Janai and Hallie were probably one of our best batters. Um, and I, I hope that they continue that throughout the season this weekend. They were kind of quiet, but yeah, I think they were what really stood out to me last weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's hard to draw the comparisons when you see the teams that, that really aren't at, aren't at their level, to be honest. I yeah. mean, but you know, four run rule wins and the other is a shutout. You kind of did, what they asked us to do. So now we've kind of quickly brushed that aside. Uh, the main event from this weekend was uh, Oklahoma state. They're obviously in Stillwater, which is tough to begin with Friday. I, I don't know if we want to go one game at a time here. Maybe that's the best yeah. approach, but 
Friday, they do get the win. It was seven to five in, um, I don't know. I felt like we all kind of collectively reading your <laughs> tweets and the team and the comment threads. It's um, ugly win, five errors, but they mm-hmm. win. I, I don't know what you make of that, but it worked. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're looking at the game after the game on Friday and you don't know what the next two days are going to look like, you think, you know, good teams win ugly. Like you had five errors, but you still won against the third ranked team. I think that's a good thing to take away from it. If you're not looking at the other two games, um, pitching was really good. Cat, I believe got the win. McKenna Reed came yeah. in for the last little bit. I mean, McKenna Reed, we'll get to it earlier, but she's, she's a closer through and through in my opinion. Yeah. It, it cat. I know we talked a lot last week about her, uh, I don't want to say it was really, we brought it up, but it felt like she was struggling and, and the comments were quick to jump on it all weekend. Um, obviously Friday, I don't think really, obviously not her fault with the, uh, yeah. she allowed four runs, but you know, none of them are earned. So five and two thirds, yeah. I, it, you can't falter kind of for how that went. And like you said, it, it's seven, five been winning ugly, but you went ugly. The one thing I, I think was also notable was, uh, Kayla Edenfield with a home run. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. were kind of waiting for her to kind of figure some things out. Yep. We'll see. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess it's one of those things it's hard to say, yay, what a good Friday game when you know how the rest of the weekend went. Uh, Saturday, that's a 9-1 run rule. Uh, Mac four earned. She didn't even get an out. Um, I, this one's almost the the opposite of you play ugly and you 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 get beat. Yeah. I One thing that stands out to me for the Saturday game is that um, Oklahoma State had eight walks. Um, and in Friday's game, they had four and today's game, I believe they had none. Um, despite the loss today, it was still a pretty close game. So I think for the pitching staff, like, obviously you don't want to have people on base, but you really, for us, especially like don't want to give up more than I'd say four walks, um, to a team, especially a team like Oklahoma state, cause they will make you pay for it for sure. Yeah, walks are one of the things you pretty much have to avoid. And I know a couple of people, and we kind of kicked it around before, were, were questioning why it seems like other teams are having success on two-strike approaches. Um, you know, it could be a lot of things. One of it could be the five errors from Friday night. I mean, if they just put the ball in play, then, yes, you're more likely to yeah. get hits. Um, and it could also be just the way they're pitching. You know, a 9-1 is a tough <laughs> – a tough number, but you you rebounded very. I don't want to say very well. You lost on uh, today on Sunday while we're recording this, but what well, you lost earlier today. But um, this felt maybe more most like a real a real game between the two teams. It, it mm-hmm. seemed like both teams played well, and it was just Oklahoma State who wins it. But uh, kind of what was your read from today's game? I thought it was a pretty good game. You know, we held on to that one run lead. We got one run in the beginning of the the first inning and then they came back in the sixth inning and got three runs. So I think just the pitching um, really held down. And obviously I don't think looking at it, we, yeah, one walk. Um, and I believe that was probably in the sixth inning. I'm only looking at the box score, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, walks, we kept it low and it paid off for a while and we forced them to, get on base like we didn't offer up it ourselves so I think that's what really helped yeah you seem to make it difficult on them um I guess looking at the box score and I'll, I'll be the box score guy here but uh Allie goes three innings and allows two hits Kat comes in and gives up three runs and her two and a third 
any issue with changing pitchers on the way they're using pitchers? Do, do you feel like it's working? Is it not giving Cat a chance to set in like normal? I guess, how, how do you feel like the way they're using the pitchers? We'll get to some of their performance, I guess, a little later, but uh, on the way that they're using them. Yeah, I think Allie did really well. Um, I do know Allie was limited to two innings. She got three, but she was limited to two innings to start the game. Um, and then Kat was the only reliever when Allie was pitching. So, or Kat was the only one warming up, I should say. Um, I don't know if Kat was the right look in this third game because she started the game on Friday and then McKenna entered and then Kat came back in. So I don't know if that was necessarily a great, the greatest move of all time to put uh, Kat in for the third time. I think you just put in McKenna um, right after Allie and see how far she goes. But yeah, I, I think Kat did good for a while until obviously she didn't. Um, <laughs> I think my, I think I truly do think McKenna should have come in a lot earlier for Kat or even Allie. Where do you think this team, I don't want to say is is still is struggling. I want to say more like where they're still trying to find their footing. Where are they still not quite clicking? Yeah, I think obviously defensively you look at third base and you look at the two or three different players that have played there, played there this season. I think I honestly should do a deep dive on this, but I probably would assume that most of our errors this season have come from third base alone. Um, but it is kind of a growing pain, you know, having Sydney Cheryl there for the past four years. It's like, <laughs> or, and Jesse Warren, it's like, you can't, you can't expect all stars to come out when they leave. But um I would say third base, I think pitching a little bit, like I feel like Kat is not entirely in her groove. Um, and I, I don't know. I think Kat is probably better as a starter. Like we've seen her in both roles this season and she's kind of done well in both, but it's like, I don't know which she's done better at. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think that's my answer now. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I wonder how much of it, and, and I saw a lot of back and forth in our game thread from I think it was Saturday's game, in the discussion of can the pitchers find, uh, uh, I guess, a rhythm in terms of, you know, uh, this is what I do, this is my role, this is how yeah. I I process things, uh, and there was some pushback on. Uh, the idea of getting everyone the reps, getting everyone the chance to try a little bit of everything because, and I think it might've yeah. been Prince, Prince who said it, but you, you kind of just need more data to know what works. You can't just yeah. practice. No, McKenna is going to pitch great in Stillwater and Catherine, you know, Kat's going to struggle or, or, you know, vice versa. Allie's going to do this. You kind of need the data to know. Um, and yeah. so that's why you try and mix everything up. Yeah, I, I think I said this last time we recorded. It's like we've had max two or three pitchers for the past couple of years. I don't even know if we've ever had seven available pitchers on our staff. So, you know, you want all of them to be prepared and you want all of them to get these big moments. But how, how do you decide who goes in when and how do you decide what moment is the biggest for each pitcher? Um, and I, I think that's what we're going through right now. Like it's obviously hard to watch and it's hard probably on the coaching staff as well to decide what those looks are like. Um, and these are what the wins I feel like are going to look like if we keep doing this. And I assume we will. So, you know, it's not going to be the prettiest of wins against Oklahoma state and it's not going to be the prettiest of losses either. 
Yeah, and I think one thing to keep in mind, and, and we kind of talked about it a couple of weeks ago, this was obviously an important weekend for uh, kind of just measuring where you are, but it doesn't determine where you finish. You know, it's March yeah. 12th as we sit here. You've got obviously a lot of time between now and what could be a uh, another trip to Oklahoma. Obviously, we got the OU game coming up here in two days or a day from whenever you're actually listening to this, but um, and we'll get there in a second. But you know, you're looking more at postseason and how you perform then and having the options and, and time to be ready. And again, I think it might have been Prince who said it, but the idea of, you know, this is early season stuff. You know, you're a great team. You, you It would be wonderful if you rolled the ball out every every game and you got six scoreless and scored eight runs and, and or five scoreless and scored eight runs and one eight nothing. That's just not going to happen. You know, it's going to take some growing pains and, and you don't need to be uh, an all-world superpower to continue to grow and be a better team. And this, I mean, to be fair, I mean, you were there, so you could probably speak better than I can, but you are on the road. You know, you you are in yeah. Stillwater. It's not like you're playing in Tallahassee. Obviously, you know, yeah. a, a College World Series trip would be in Oklahoma. But, um, you know, I, I guess where do you kind of take that in terms of both the difficulty of, of having to do this on the road and, and kind of how they're working through, I don't want to call it even growing pains, but but that early season building stage. Yeah, it is good to have games like this and the one in Oklahoma, like in the early part of the season, because, yeah, like you said, it's just, sorry. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of figure out where you are. And especially, I think Oklahoma is probably a great place to have a couple game series because, you know, hopefully if we end up in Oklahoma at the end of the season, like, I mean, we've been here before. We've played Oklahoma in, at, in OKC. We played Oklahoma State in OKC. So it's like, you're kind of replicating those crowds a little bit. I mean, the crowd, these last couple of games weren't as bad as I feel like they would be in OKC, but I mean, you get a little bit of that environment and what, in what it's going to be hopefully in a couple months. So. Do you feel anything? I, I saw your tweet earlier about the wind. Uh, is is, is oh, there yeah. anything to also playing in the weather, the weather helping there being different? I, yesterday it was, I mean, these last two days, it was like blowing ridiculous, but I feel like yesterday it was blowing out a lot. And then today it was blowing in a lot. The dev had a deep fly ball today and it probably went further than it should have, but it also stayed in the park and it probably could have gone out at the same time. Um, so I definitely feel like the weather was a thing. I know the umpires were absolutely ridiculous this entire weekend. <laughs> like they were just, they were just squeezing the zone, like nobody's business. So I don't, I mean, that's, that's what can you do? I feel like just can't really control the umpire, but yeah, the weather, I think definitely played into it a little bit. Brief aside on the umpire, did you see the, uh, uh, I think it was Mississippi Valley State UNO college baseball umpire from this weekend? No. No, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll tap dance <laughs> while, while, I, while I bring it up. It was some uh, ridiculous stuff here. But, uh, you know, umpires, to your point, it's, it's it kind of, you can't really, it's not, you have no control over it. If they're going to make calls, it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Um, you just kind of got to work through it. Obviously, that, that obviously will play a factor in the walks. Um, here, I think I got it muted. There we go. This is great podcast. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and take a look at it, but I'll let Gwen react to it live here. So you get to hear Gwen's reaction on my phone as she watches. <laughs> the ball bounces, rings him up to end the game. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm so mad. Yeah. They suspended the umpire <laughs> for it. So, you know, I, I guess it's. Him that yeah, I don't I mean, think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, I think the conference did. But, I mean, it's for the point. If you haven't seen it, go take a look at it again. It's I think it's University of New Orleans, Mississippi Valley State. It's a Southland Conference umpire. But, you know, I, when you're talking college athletics, I mean, you're not talking professional umpires. And who knows what, what no. you get each weekend. And, and 
um, you know, you kind of don't know what you can get. So you kind of just, you kind of got to just take it and, and move on uh, to, to keep looking ahead here. And obviously you're already in Oklahoma, so I'll just jump right to it. Uh, Tuesday at Oklahoma schedule ahead. Um, you know, you, you got one out of the three games so far, you're closing out your, your four game set here. Um, I don't know, man, I, I can't say you have to expect <laughs> to beat Oklahoma, but uh, it would be nice. Yeah, um, my, I guess my best suggestion, see where you stack up, right? That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, this team obviously wants to be playing at the end of the year and hope, I mean, assuming Oklahoma's down there at the end of the year, like, you're probably going to see Oklahoma. So, I mean, playing them now, it's like amazing almost, even though they are Oklahoma. Do you think, I'm curious your thoughts on the mentality here and and, and maybe with Coach yeah, goes for do you think there's anything to getting a look at, you know, their roster, the way their lineup sets, the way their pitchers throw, or would you like, would you, would you play your best and go for a win or would you maybe not show uh, uh alley or not show uh, like, you know, like keep a pitcher back. So you don't show them before, you know, you're likely going the path to this world series is going to probably go through Oklahoma Oklahoma yeah. State or or, or uh, UCLA, right? Um, I'm just curious on a on a one off game. You think you, it's a play to win for the confidence, or or maybe um, take your your information and hide your secrets. Um, that's a good question. I don't know because I feel like you know either team. It's like you could watch all the film you want on the opponent, but you don't know exactly how you play or how they play until you're actually out there. Um, that's a good question. I feel like if I had to guess, maybe for Oklahoma, you don't throw a rise ball pitcher. So you probably don't throw Allison. Um, and who maybe you throw McKenna. I'm not sure, but like, I, I feel like Kat may start, um, just because she's a down ball pitcher and you want to keep it inside the park with Oklahoma because you can't be giving up grand slams or three run shots or anything like that. Um, and I think at this point, like Oklahoma, you know, they've seen Cap before. Obviously, they right. saw her in 21, so it's been a couple of years. So she's changed. They've, they've changed. But I, I think you throw someone like Cat and, you know, try your best. Um, so, yeah, that was my guess. I figured it would, that would be the answer. I expect them to kind of go for it, but you know, maybe, maybe a little gamesmanship. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, after that, you do open ACC play uh hosting Syracuse and then you're at Duke the following weekend uh honestly I'm just gonna lob it to you thoughts on Syracuse anything (laughs) no um (laughs) I haven't looked that far ahead let me pull up well you had a busy weekend focusing on another orange team I can't blame you Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) let me look up Syracuse right now because I Syracuse it hasn't been like one of the teams on my radar the past couple weeks just I mean I don't feel like they're seven and eleven yeah they really haven't like played anyone or beaten anyone of note yeah that was um, the one thing that I noted when I started looking it was it was they didn't um jump off the page yeah yeah they got swept in Clemson which I'm not surprised for how good Clemson is playing um they lost to Rutgers which in my opinion isn't acceptable you should sweep Rutgers <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that'll do it right there. We're going to use the Rutgers measuring stick for the rest of the season for all of us. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. So I, you, you're kind of thinking this is a weekend they should be able to handle just uh, on a, a quick look at their numbers, just the seven and 11 record swept in conference, struggling on the road, three and four. Um, I don't even know if you call it. most of these games are neutral site games. It looks like just yeah. one of those Northern teams that had to come down South for the start of the season. Yeah. And it looks like they're, they only have one batter batting over 300. Um, and if you're a power five division team, you got to have a couple. So okay, not Syracuse. that good in my, my opinion. So Syracuse, another chance to, to get back home, reset, uh, collect yourself after an Oklahoma weekend and, and kind of pull it back together. Uh, then you go to Duke. And I know we were kind of discussing Duke before we started, I think currently ranked 15th. So we'll see. I think the new rankings will be out on Monday. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think 15th right now, but, but what, what do you have? Uh, any ideas on what Duke brings, what they look like? Because we'll be—I mean—we'll be recording that following Sunday night. So, in case you were looking ahead for the next episode, it's the twenty-sixth. That's a hint, by the way. Yeah, I, I like Duke. I've kind of always liked Duke since they started, and this is actually our first ever trip to Durham um, as a softball team. So that's really exciting. Um, they opened up their their season really strong. Um, two losses: Washington, Oklahoma, right off the bat. I mean, you can't really cry about that one, but I mean you're playing really tough competition. They won against a ranked Stanford. That was good. Um, Clearwater, they were there. They only lost one game to Alabama. Um, And this past weekend, they lost to Louisville. Um, They did win the series, but, you know, if you're Duke, you don't really want to be losing 9-13 to Louisville. So you don't want to let the Louisville Cardinal put up 13 runs on you, but they did. So, And they almost lost to Charlotte in the midweek, so. Yeah, they went nine innings in that one. I was I was looking at their uh, their schedule for the um, Clearwater, and you know they they there are some good wins at you know three ranked wins. Obviously, the Arkansas yeah. game is a big one there. Um, yeah, they they lost one of their best pitchers to graduation last season, but I mean they have another top returner in the circle and a freshman, Cassidy Curd, who I've been really really impressed with. So I was going to say I remember them from from last year being one of those. Uh, I don't want to call it top of the table teams, but one of those yeah. one, one of those better teams kind of up in the in the uh, standings. So uh, not surprised to see them good again this year. Uh, all right. Uh, any thoughts around the country? You already mentioned kind of Duke with the Louisville loss. Any, anything else that caught your eye? I know before we started recording with you, the big one that you were talking about was Alabama. Yeah, let me pull up the Alabama softball schedule. They went down to a yeah, I got it here, Texas. Yeah, so they went down to a tournament in Texas. Uh, hosted by Texas <laughs> and the Bevo classic, apparently. Yes. They <laughs> lost to a bunch of teams. Uh, they lost their opening game to Texas. They lost yesterday at Texas state. Uh, they won against Texas today in 11 innings, hardly. Um, and they lost to Wisconsin. So, I mean, if you're Texas going down to the Bevo classic, you want to beat Texas and you want to beat Texas state and Wisconsin and you want to take one from Texas. And they didn't do that. So I expect Alabama to fall pretty heavily. Um, Arkansas lost uh, two out of three to uh, Texas A&M. I don't know if Texas A&M is ranked right now, but at one point they were, so they're not a bad team. But, I mean, if you're seventh-ranked Arkansas, you definitely definitely want to take two out of three from Texas Tech or Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> unimportantly, I feel like uh, UCLA, UCLA got run-ruled by – Cal in one of their games, but I mean, they bounced back and took the series. So I feel like if you're a UCLA 
getting run rolled by Cal, it's honestly not that big of a deal. Not ideal, but not that big of a deal. Uh, I don't remember if there's anything else I mentioned to you earlier. There were there were a bunch. Oh, North Carolina upset Virginia Tech. I feel like Virginia Tech's a little bit on a down year, but I don't I don't know if I've ever expected North Carolina to ever beat Virginia Tech. So that one kind of surprised me. Do you generally? I'm looking I'm looking at the standings here. Or the standings the uh, the rankings here. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I think Oklahoma is the number one. Is not surprising anyone, but. When you kind of look at the teams in the country, and I know we're listing Alabama and Arkansas, and we talked a little bit about Clemson. Obviously, we talked a lot about Oklahoma State. Who, who are the teams that you look at, um, I guess, and, and we didn't prep this, so it's okay if you tap dance for a second here, but who do you think are the teams that that could win this thing? The teams when you look at, and obviously it's it's the, the way these these postseason tournaments go, it, it could be anyone who makes a run to, to um, yeah. Oklahoma City, but kind of – who are the teams you're most expecting, I guess, to, to be there? Who are the teams you think people should be watching, should be keeping an eye on? If they flip the channels and you land on SEC Network, should you watch Tennessee? Should you, you know, I guess who, who are the teams that kind of catch your eye? Yeah, I, I think one you just mentioned, Tennessee, is another one. They're ranked number five for a reason. Uh, they just swept Ole Miss, and in the SEC, off sweep is very hard to come by. And they know hit Ole Miss in their very first game of the uh, the series, so I think Tennessee is one. Uh, Clemson, I feel like, is another one. I feel like, I mean, I know they haven't played anyone too much of note. The only loss is to Tennessee. Um, but, I mean, Clemson is just putting up numbers right now. And, shockingly, Valerie Cagle just threw her first perfect game, I think, in the midweek. Um, but Clemson is a team that's, like, legitimately making progress every year. Like, their first year, I think they made it to a regional. Last year, they made it to a super. And this year, I truly, fully expect them to make it, make it to Oklahoma City. Anyone outside of the, I mean, you know, looking at yeah. the rankings, I think, obviously, like we said earlier, I think Oklahoma, UCLA, and Oklahoma State are probably givens. Anyone maybe mm-hmm. a little further down? Um, I see, like, Auburn's 20-2, and two, Baylor 17-2. and two. I see Northwestern is is ranked at nine and seven. That seems surprising. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be ranking Northwestern. I'm sorry. Well, fans. <laughs> um, but I, I just feel like North, I mean, Northwestern, they're the clear favorites for the Big Ten. I it's obviously gonna get easier for them down the stretch, but I don't know if they need to be ranked right now. Um <clears throat> Louisiana's coming up a little bit hot. Um, they just beat Florida yesterday. Of course, Florida clobbered them today. Um, but I mean, if you're Louisiana going into Gainesville, a one nothing win over the Florida Gators is a huge plus. Um, I believe Louisiana was in Clearwater and I don't remember exactly how they did, but they weren't terrible. Um, let me, let me, I'll pull that up. So if you, you know, if you're Louisiana coming out of Clearwater with hopefully two wins, um, two or three wins and you just beat, you know, Florida Gators on the road, I mean, I'm looking at them as a super regional team for sure. Hopefully they can get to Oklahoma City. Yeah, their uh Clearwater was a little rough. Oh. Uh they let's see, scrolling back up. They put a bunch. Uh beat Indiana 4-1, lost to Michigan, run ruled by Oklahoma State, lost to Arkansas. That was 7-6. Lost yeah. to UCLA 4-3, and then uh run ruled by Florida State. It looks like they also played um and they also went and played at oh, at UCF. Okay, it, it was like still under the yeah. same umbrella, but it's it's obviously in Orlando. It's not part of the Clearwater thing. But they run rule win there. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, that 
they did. I mean, they lost, but they, it looks like they played a bunch of those higher end teams really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I see I'm looking at the, the Gainesville weekend here. Yeah, the, the win at the 1 0 win on, uh, I guess that's Saturday, and then the loss today to uh, run rule in five innings. But a, a potential, uh, a, a super regional team, Gwen says. Uh, to pull it all the way back around to uh, Florida State softball after our trip around the country, it's time for the OK Gwen segment I teased earlier. It's your questions for Gwen, and I'm going to go ahead on the front end and apologize because I have read a lot of your your username handles, your your I don't I don't even know what we call them on the site, but the, your your names and uh, never had to say them, so I, <laughs> I don't I'm not sure how this one's going to go. Uh, I'll start with Q Kin Call. That's what I'm going with. I'm going to stick to it. Uh, question there is pretty simple, and I don't think it was really a question. Uh, he kind of was voicing, he or she was voicing some frustrations on just the third base rotation. Pretty simply, the question, Gwen, what's going on there? Yeah, I've actually talked to this person a couple times about what's going on in third base, and I've noticed probably every single time that Christina is starting at third base, and then we get around to her position in the lineup and there's a couple runners on base she is almost always taken out for Hallie Waycaser and then subsequently Kaylee goes to third base and Hallie goes out to right field um yeah I just I think I mean today Christina did uh play a couple times she batted a couple times but I I think Christina is the better defender um Haley Kaylee I don't know um, too many alike sounding names. Um, <laughs> Hallie uh, is a good right fielder. I think Kaylee probably would get the nod if I were running the lineup and Christina would be a third. Um, but it is so difficult. I think I don't even know what I think anymore. To be honest, like my brain is so mumbled. Um, but if yeah. I had to pick, I would say Christina starting at third, her bat in the lineup. Um, Hallie, I, I feel like K- K- Katie Dackey can't take out as a DP. Um, so I would probably keep Christina in probably down lower, um, and Kaylee over in right field. But I mean, it, it does get hard because, you know, with these runners in scoring position, Hallie Wakeyser showed herself to bring in these runs practically every single time. I guess my question uh, to follow up on it. We talked earlier about the pitching staff and the way that they're using them and the idea of growing pains, figuring out who you are, figuring out who can succeed when that kind of contradicts the idea of constantly taking her out when there's people on base. Why do you maybe think that's the approach they're taking instead of kind of seeing how it goes or did they do that early enough in the season where where it just didn't work I I think you know they take Christina out um and I mean literally every single time that Hallie's coming for Christina (laughs) in the lineup it's because there's runners on base like I'm I'm fairly certain that Christina would stay in I think it happened today Christina would stay in if there were no runners on base and she would actually hit for her spot um, but I mean, Hallie's just proven herself over the past couple of years. You know, she's gotten the more looks in the lineup over the past several years and this year, where she's shown that she can hit with runners in scoring position. She can just hit, period. Um, not that 
not that Christina can't hit, but just Christina has been put in those positions to show that she can come up in those situations with one or two runners on base. Makes sense. Heading on to the next one. This one will come from Chip Knoll. I'm going to break it up into two words, Chip Knoll. So I'm going with pretty simple one here. The argument from the from from Chip Knoll is for McKenna Reed. The question, who has been FSU's most consistent pitcher? And again, like I said, the nominee from Chip Knoll is McKenna Reed. Yeah, I, I would say McKenna Reed. Um, I don't believe she's gotten a start yet. Um, I, I think and I feel the coaching staff thinks that she is a closer um, because she is the most consistent. You know, when Kat gets down or whoever gets down, like McKenna can come in and stop bleeding. Um, I've actually been very impressed with Allie Dubois. Uh, I know her first outing like wasn't entirely great, but ever since then, I feel like she's gotten better. Um, and today she was limited. I think she's probably been purposely limited uh, the last couple of times she's been out, but I've been very impressed with Allie Dubois as well. Uh, yeah, I just checked as of yesterday, zero starts with McKenna Reed, 12 appearances, six to no 1.18 ERA. Of course, Kat actually leads the team 1.12. And you still have Maddie Bach at a 1.83. That's only in seven innings, though. Many fewer innings. Um, But, yeah, it seems as though McKenna has really uh, taken that role. The strikeouts are way up, 40 over 23 Mm -hmm. innings, um, only four walks, which is, you know, one of the things you were mentioning earlier. Just seems like she's kind of – I don't don't know. I guess the lockdown person they they would love to have there. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe next year, probably next year, she will be a starter when Cat leaves. But right now, she is the closer, and I don't think people should really expect to see her as a starter anytime soon, in my opinion. There you have it, in Gwen's opinion. Okay, Gwen, one more. Look at that. I just worked the name of the segment <laughs> in. Uh, this one, God, I, Medev. I don't know. <laughs> they were in. They were in our uh, in my in the college football pick pool. I did. I think they won a couple of weekends, but question here and i think you answered this one already in the comments but i figured hey maybe we have a larger audience here any concern with the team's rpi uh after the longwood loss earlier this year the struggles against the higher ranked team this weekend i don't want to really call them two out of three isn't that terrible uh or you took one out of three but um i, I guess any concerns with the rpis or rpi no uh no this rpi that we're at now we're at number nine it's the first one of the season i'm not I mean, we're probably at nine solely because of the uh, Longwood loss and a couple Alabama. Like, I know Alabama, we lost Alabama, um, and they're technically a better RPI team, but it is about who your opponent beats as well, and Alabama hasn't been that great. So, honestly, I expect us to drop a little bit after Alabama kind of took the L, L after L in Texas. But, um, no, I'm not worried, like, I feel like this year we're not going to be any lower than 15. And I feel like 15 is even a stretch, but I mean, Longwood in my opinion is way past us. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't be worrying about that at all. Like that. I mean, a lot of teams lose early on in the season and realistically, like you want to lose early on in the season. So yes, Longwood loss wasn't ideal, but I mean, it is what it is. And I'm glad it came then and not, you know, in regionals or something like that. All right, last two questions I'm going to take from me just observing your Twitter account over the last two weeks. First one, uh, as we talked about last week, and you're wearing the hat now, Gwen works over at Washington State. She loves her Cougars, so you know what? I'm just going to let you just – I'm going to clear out the floor and let you just 
where would you like to take us on, on the Washington State sportscape? I assume the women's basketball team. Well, obviously women's basketball is popping off. Um, I'll get to them in a minute. I do want to shout out the baseball team. Baseball team <laughs> played their first opening Pac-12 opener series this weekend at, I think, 18th ranked Oregon State and took two out of three. So go Cougs. <laughs> um, women's basketball, yes, dominating. Shania Twain literally loves us because the women's basketball team has been playing, man, I feel like a woman like the entire postseason, like ever since we beat Utah, I think, in the, in the tournament. Um, so let's see what else. Oh, yeah. I think we were ranked seventh in the Pac-12 tournament. And then we, our first ever Pac-12 tournament win this year. So, I mean, that's just like unbelievable. And I believe we are ranked fifth, fifth seed going into FGCU in Pennsylvania. Our highest tournament ranking ever this is the second time we've ever played in the tournament. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited. Super great time to be a Coug, let me tell you. <laughs> That that concludes our five minutes of of uh, Washington State talk. My my other question, I, I couldn't let it go without you without mentioning this one. It might even be totally fake, but I blame <laughs> you for putting on the timeline. Uh, the tweet from Lorraine Newman: There was a two hundred year old clam found in Tallahassee, oh Florida. God. It was believed to have been born the same year as Abraham Lincoln, so they named him Abra Clam Lincoln. This is truly one of the best things about America. That was real. What do we do with that? I think it seemed so like that it was real. Because someone replied to me and, like, sent a photo of it. Um, and apparently it's not even dead. It's still alive. Apparently it was from a day ago. Yeah. How about that? And, Washington Post, one day ago. Yeah. And this person that responded to me, she said they don't know exactly, like, the age, and you won't know until it's dead, but... I mean, yeah, the thing is a monster of a clam. Well, we're rooting for Abra Clam. And how does a clam even end up in Tallahassee? I don't think I know. I, I that's a great I, question. I, I assume 200 years ago when it was born, the shoreline maybe was a little bit a little bit further up the panhandle. I have no idea. I mean, that's practically the Georgia. Why even have a Florida panhandle at that point? A hurricane maybe just picked it up out of the Gulf <laughs> and just slung it? I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, my tweet, I was like, that's the same Tallahassee that had two detonated World War, World War II bombs. Tallahassee's not a real place, in my opinion. <laughs> Crazy well, the things that happened there. Well, that's Gwen Rhodes. I'm Brian Peller. And uh, we're back again next episode, two weeks from today. We're recorded, so that'd be March 26th. Um, you guys will probably get that on the 27th when it actually officially drops. Two two series between then, Duke and I forgot already Syracuse. I was going to go with Clemson, but I know that's wrong. And then Oklahoma this Tuesday. So uh, catch those games. Jump back on the 26th. If you're looking for the uh, Seminole Rep, not softball edition with uh, myself and John and Max, we should be back this week. We have been on hold for a minute, really trying to track down a, a, a special guest, I guess I'll call it. A higher profile guest. Some people apparently just don't have time for us, but that's okay. <laughs> we think we've got a pretty good guest, so we should have a podcast coming out for you. I think Thursday is the expectation, but uh, we will have one by you for you by the weekend. So look for that if you, in case you are. But uh, Gwen, thanks for chatting softball. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you.